This is Ethan and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 188-inch. On this episode, we present the second chapter of our Weird the Al Yankovic Story story series, where we chronicle our time on the set of Weird the Al Yankovic Story. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Before we get any further in this episode, we need to tell you that there are only a few short days, hours, minutes, and seconds to get the Kickstarter campaign fully funded for the incredible Show Gals documentary, which tells the tale of tight and nerdy, the Weird Al-themed burlesque troupe. Now, Ethan and myself both believe so much in this amazing documentary that we have each pledged way too much of our very hard-earned money behind this project. And that's not all. In addition to our personal contributions, we are excited to announce that, on behalf of our wonderful Patreon family, Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast has additionally contributed as well. Now, as you may know, all money raised from our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash 2,000-inch goes directly towards supporting this incredible podcast, which includes covering costs for recording equipment, stickers, wooden nickels, and other necessary expenses that would otherwise be coming out of our pockets. We are proud to share that Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast has officially pledged two months' worth of Patreon proceeds toward the Showgals Kickstarter campaign. So when you watch the credits of the film and see Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, you will know that your support of this podcast, in part, helped make Showgals possible. And you'll also know that Intern Frank was not included at all. While we obviously want you to support the project if you have not already, we also want to challenge those who have already supported to up your pledge by another $27, if you can, to help get the film just that much closer to the goal. Why not? And don't forget, there are great perks associated with pledging your support, like on-screen and IMDb credits, pasties, shirts, and bonus content featuring additional footage of their interview with Weird Al himself. It's coming down to the wire, but together, we can make this documentary happen. And don't believe us? Well, here's an important message and update from our close personal friend, the director and producer of Showgals, UH Jeff Nussera. Dave and Ethan. Hi, it's UH Jeff. You might remember me from some of your episodes and from real life. Anyway, I am uh, coming to you with a an update about Showgals, uh, the documentary I'm doing about uh, the burlesque tribute to Weird Al Yankovic. Thank you so much for your support. You guys have been so wonderful throughout this whole painful process. I am sorry for spamming everyone nonstop. Anyway, we have... A big update today. We have just hit 72% of our goal. 72% over at Kickstarter. That is 27% backwards, as you probably know. Anyway, Kickstarter, though, is a an all-or-nothing platform. So if we don't hit 100% by our deadline, which is Friday night, 10 o'clock, Hollywood Star Time, we don't get anything. And you don't get a movie or pasties. What a bummer that would be. So from Chloe and I, thank you for your support. Come to BearToBeStupid.com. Support us any way you can, either financially or just through sharing or sending love um, and cat food, I guess. Okay, bye. You can get all the details and latest news over at BearToBeStupid.com. That's B-A-R-E to be stupid.com and be sure to follow show gals on social media for their fun updates hilarious videos and information on how to hear their awesome interviews and appearances like on our friend spencer parks podcast the dictionary as uh jeff said the campaign closes this friday at 10 p.m hollywood star time sharp and if the goal isn't met by then, not only do we not get to see the Showgirls documentary, and you know, I think Chloe was meowing over this part, but I'm pretty sure UH Jeff promised to club some seals if the campaign is unsuccessful, and we just can't have that. Well, this is such a great project, and we really hope you support it. 
Okay, so let's see what else is happening in Weird Al-related news. We are sad to share that the world of comedy music has lost a legend. Robert Hamer, a.k.a. Artie Barnes of Barnes & Barnes, who gave the world the forever weird novelty hit Fish Heads, has passed away after a long illness at the age of 69. The news came this past Saturday, March 4th, and shook friends and family and fans of Robert's across the world. Bill Moomy, the other half of Barnes & Barnes, wrote of his friend, Robert was a one-of-a-kind artist and person. I will miss making that unique Barnes music very much. Robert made many people happy with his talent and his humor. Now, we are stunned and saddened by this news. Robert was someone who has been spoken highly of on our podcast multiple times by multiple people. We only wish we could have had him on to tell his stories of working with Weird Al, Dr. Demento, and his part in shaping novelty music as we know it. For all who loved Robert, and from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, Gil and chill in peace, Robert Hamer, a.k.a. Artie Barnes. Yeah. yeah. The not-so-serious Weird the Al Yankovic story is still racking up some serious movie awards. Most recently, Jamie Kennedy, editor of Weird the Al Yankovic Story, won the American Cinema Editor's Ace Eddie Award for her work on the film. First, Jamie got to edit all of that footage of us as bikers in the film, and now she's winning awards. What an honor both of those must have been. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000's Weird Al Podcast, congratulations to Jamie on the well-deserved win. Weird Al and his band just wrapped up the European leg of the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour and are now headed to Australia for the final eight international shows of the tour, followed by their two shows in Hawaii. Prior to heading out, the guys performed five dates here in the good old USA. And Ethan was there for all of them. Dave and I have recorded reviews for those, along with some special guests joining us. And those will be up on Patreon soon, along with our monumental review of the epic Carnegie Hall show. Now, if you want to hear our reviews as soon as humanly possible, be sure to sign up over at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash 2000inch. Because not only will you get early access to these episodes, you'll also be supporting the podcast. It's a win-win for everybody. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also whiny. Darwin, Minnesota is home to Jomas Hill Vineyard. Whoa, Jonah Hill owns a vineyard in Darwin, Minnesota? I would have never guessed that. No, 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 Ethan, that's Jomas Hill, J-O-M-A-S. I don't know if I've ever heard of him. What movies is he in? I have no idea. Honestly, I'm not even sure if that's a real person or not. Oh, well, if not acting, then what is Jomas Hill known for? Eh, probably wine. Oh, let's see. Uh, oh, here's a Yelp review for Jomas Hill Vineyard. Oh, what does it say? Well, Dane Smith writes, their handcrafted wood-fired pizzas are amazing. Oh, well, here's another one. Odilla Lindstrom wrote, the wood-fire pizza was delectable. Okay, but here, Megan Rogers writes, I will go back. The pizza crust was excellent and cooked perfectly. Uh, this is a vineyard, right? Uh, yeah. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next wine tasting, I mean, on your next pizza tasting expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Last episode, we kicked off our first chapter of our Weird the Al Yankovic Story Stories series with some great messages from the past and some fun speculation on what was to come. Now, we received a lot of great feedback on that first chapter, and we're excited to bring you along with us on our journey as two of Weird Al's biggest fans getting to take part in his incredible film. On this chapter, we take you through the first part of our day from the set of Weird the Al Yankovic Story on our journey as featured background actors in the I Love Rocky Road biker bar scene. All right, let's go back to that warm and fateful day back in February 2022. Yes, so we are recording this episode a few days later after we've already recorded. We're back home. We're back in on the East Coast, and it's been a whirlwind. We wanted to record this, though, after our experience, but while it was still fresh in our minds, so we can tell you absolutely everything that we can possibly remember. 
And oh my gosh, there was so much going on at that shoot. Like so much to remember. My brain is just like, it's like a cartoon. There's like popping here and there. Oh, this happened and this happened and this happened. <laughs> so there's so much we have to tell you, so much we have to get to. We only hope we can remember all of it and we're going to do our best. But it's just so much going on. It's hard to take everything in. Yeah, for the past few days, I've been purposely like not playing Wordle, for example, because, <laughs> you know, I don't want to introduce new information into my brain and possibly lose something from Monday. And yes, I did put in a Wordle reference just because I know in however many months until this actually airs, there's a very good chance that nobody knows what Wordle is anymore. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, I remember Wordle. <laughs> or everybody is so addicted to Wordle at this point that no one's listening to this episode. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They're just sitting by their phones, waiting and waiting for the next Wordle to drop. <laughs> All right. Well, we, like I said, we're home. We've had a couple days to, to think about this, to process this. I mean, Dave, we have talked to people who have worked on Weird Al projects who have done less for them than we got to do on Monday. So it's, it's sort of like insane that, you know, this is sort of us interviewing ourselves because we, you know, there's so much that went on and, you know, I know we, we haven't told anybody. It's been killing me to not tell oh, anyone. Yeah. I, I have not told anybody unless I absolutely had to. I mean, I've told my wife, you know, I pretty much have to tell her. I told my parents and I told my sister and that's it. I've told nobody else except for you. I've talked to nobody else except for those five people about this and it's killing me. I want to tell everybody. <laughs> And for the people that we did tell, that we had to tell, they're not necessarily getting the full scoop. They don't want to hear every second of what happened. They want to hear like, oh, did you meet Daniel? How did he look as Weird Al? That kind of stuff. They, you know, right. they're, they're not looking for like, so what was the chair looking like in the, the holding tent? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the stupid crap that we care about. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go into all those details for you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, we're going to do our best to remember everything we can about that day. It was such a fun day. It was such a great experience. I mean, overall, just to give an overall overview of that day, it was truly one of the greatest days of my life, if not the greatest day of my life. It was incredible. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it really was. It was. Yeah, it was insane. And so. I think we, you know, in the first centimeter episode, before we really knew what was happening and exactly what to expect, we talked about how we had to fly out to L.A. a little early to get our COVID test. So luckily we got those results back and we did not have COVID, which, you know, <laughs> even though like we were like, pretty sure we didn't have COVID, like, it would, like, why would... <laughs> Like, imagine we get all the way to L.A. and it's like, oh, yeah, you do have COVID. Uh, yeah. You just don't have symptoms. or, or so, so, you know, the fact that we didn't have COVID was really great. <laughs> that was a nice re yes, yeah, good a relief. relief to, to kind of confirm that we were okay. Just like another potential roadblock in our way. We're just like, we need everything to go away because we need this day to happen. And it happened. So everything happened. We're going to tell you all about it. What do you think? Do we just start from the beginning? From like I, literally I think waking we start, up? Yeah, I think we start literally waking up and we just walk every through the day okay. as best as we can in chronological order. And let me tell you, thing, I mean, I know we talked about leaving at 7 o'clock in the morning so that we would be there for our 9 o'clock call. And we figured, you know, the site that we were going to was 30, 35 minutes away. So we left ourselves plenty of time. Well, I don't know if I told you this, but I woke up at 4.30 in the morning and I could not fall back asleep. So I just got up and I was like, I've been up. I was up since 4.30 in the morning. Oh, so I got up. I took a shower. Hour, I ate some breakfast and I was waiting for you to wake up. You know, so I, mean, I had my alarm set for six, and by six o'clock I had done everything that I was hoping to be done with, so I could be ready by seven. So I was just hanging out waiting for you all morning. This just reminds me of like being a kid and like you wake up early on Christmas morning, but right. you know, the parents are like, "Oh, you know, we have to go down as a family at eight, and you're just like, "Oh, I need to come with presents." Like, yeah, it was so exciting. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, Dave. But yes, I I slept in a little bit you know i think i woke up around six we got ready we we sort of had some like tea and some breakfast right. and i think ultimately we ended up leaving around 7 30 yeah we were we were not i mean we 
targeted seven o'clock to leave, but we re- in our minds, we knew we had plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we weren't rushing and trying to get out the door exactly at seven. And we did end up leaving at 7.30 and we packed like, I, I, per- I packed a whole, uh, I didn't have a bag. I basically used a plastic bag and I just threw in you know, yeah. a couple changes of clothes and some other stuff I thought I need. Cause we remember, we had no idea how long they were going to need us for. We didn't know if, if they were going to need us for two hours and we were done or if they really right. need us for 12 hours, you know, we'd be there all day. We didn't get any kind of notification on that. So I cleared, you know, the whole day expecting to be there a whole day. Oh, but yeah. I mean, it may have, we may have turned around and been back home by, you know, 11 o'clock. We don't know. So, you know, we just brought everything just to be safe. Yeah. So I, I mean, I put on my, the outfit that I'd sent into the costume people. So black t-shirt, black jeans, and then my black cowboy boots. And I, Dave, I don't know if I talked about this in the first bonus episode, but I didn't really have room in my bag to pack the cowboy boots because they're kind of large. So I ended up wearing them on the airplane, like to Seattle when I went to see Kenneth and uh-huh. walking through the airport in like boots that I'd never really worn before. I got blisters all over my feet. Oh, it was horrible. Boy. I was oh. like in pain walking around. Luckily, while I was in Seattle, though, I did get insoles from Target and that okay. that made them a lot more comfortable, but oh, that's good. I did, you know, depart our Airbnb dressed to the part. I brought like some extra shirts. I brought two extra shirts because I was like, well, what if one gets screwed up and then I have to change? Then I st- won't have an extra. So that's why I brought two. <laughs> I brought like blue jeans because I figured you know blue jeans could be a good alternative if they didn't like the black ones, and right. just like a water bottle and you know just kind of anything that yeah. I thought I might need. Right. A comb. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I also left pretty much dressed also. I had on a white t-shirt. I had on, or I brought with me the vest I was planning to wear. And and I don't know how much detail I talked about the vest in the last episode, but I brought two vests along with me. One of them had a whole bunch of really cool biker patches on it. And that's the one that I'm wearing, you know, when we first got to, you know, where we had to check in, that was the one I wanted to be in the movie right, if there had right. to be one, you know, and then That's I brought a choice. spare yeah. one. Right. That was my first choice. And then I brought a spare one in case they were like, yeah, there can't be any patches because they they did send us an email, you know, that said that all tattoos had to be covered. So I was a little bit worried that they may also say, you know, any kind of patches or, you know, <laughs> That kind of stuff might also need to be covered. So I did bring two vests, two legitimate biker vests. I brought a couple. I did bring. I did the same thing you did. I brought. I was wearing a white t-shirt, and I brought a spare white t-shirt in case I dropped something, you know, spilled some food on it or right. something, you know. And then I also brought my white tank top because that was the one that I initially sent the photo in of me wearing that and that was the one the shirt i was hoping i would get to wear if they did say that (laughs) yeah the tattoo thing was just a formality you can actually show your tattoos that's fine i think it's so funny because when you think about it like eric and al are probably the only people working on the film who know who the heck we are and so there's like this just kind of blanket no tattoo rule but and i doubt that the costume people even would have realized that someone would show up with a weird owl tattoo you know <laughs> <laughs> well my my weird owl tattoos are are on my my ankles and and i was wearing long black jeans so those would have been covered anyway i have other tattoos on my arms that would be visible if i was wearing a tank top it would be kind of funny though for a guy in the scene of Al doing his first ever performance to already have a weird Al tattoo <laughs> and autograph tattoo. <laughs> that would be, that would be something. <laughs> okay. So we get to the place around eight fifteen, eight twenty 20 ish. Plenty yeah. of time. We parked in this little parking garage and then like out in the parking lot, it was kind of set up as the base camp. So there was like different tents and they gave us like a map with all this stuff. Yeah, so the base camp was at a college nearby. It was in a giant parking lot, and there was plenty, plenty of space around, you know. And there were, like you said, there were multiple tents. There were a few trailers that were kind of set up. There was a whole bunch of tables underneath one tent, which we would assume was where they were going to have lunch later. You know, we were basically told to, when we get there, go to this first tent. You know, you need to be... COVID tested that morning. Uh, temperature. And, and and all, yeah. Temper- get your temperature taken, show your ID, check in, all that stuff. So, you know, once we got there, 
you know, we headed right over to that tent and they were, you know, ready for us. So it was okay. We got there early. And I think they were actually happy we got there early because, you know, I'm sure they had a bunch of people that had to check in. Yeah. We weren't sure if we were needed to like wait until nine. I mean, we would have been fine waiting. We were just happy to be early. But yeah, they took us right in and yeah, they, they had like a, a thing we had to fill out and then they printed a sticker and then they had us fill out like a form on our cell phone. We had to scan right. like a, a QR code and then we had a like an, a survey we had to fill out about our health or whatever. And then we had to like give the guy a sticker and then we actually had to swab our own nose. Yep. Uh, but we had to blow our nose first. He's like, you have to blow your nose first. And I was like, <laughs> I'm so glad because I totally have snot ready to go. So I was happy <laughs> that I <laughs> I had that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so they, they took the test and then we kind of were just like, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let, let me just take this opportunity to just kind of explain in general, you know, for people who might, you know, oh, I don't know what, yeah, good the, idea. Good what idea. you know, what the situation's like when when we're this episode's going to air. So, just in general, you know, anybody who might be concerned, you know, about, you know, us going someplace, you know, while COVID is still out there, you know, and you know, going to be with a whole bunch of other people, you know, we've got COVID tested twice so far at this point. Everybody we saw all day was wearing masks the entire day, unless you absolutely needed to take it off, you know, while we were filming. And 90%, more than 90% of the time, we were outdoors in these huge open area where there was plenty of opportunity to keep distance between people. I mean, there was no concern at all in my mind, you know, that, oh, that yeah. they were not taking, you know, COVID seriously and accommodating, you know, as much as possible and even overboard as far as, you know, you know, keeping people safe. And they like, even later on in the day, one of the crew members was like, hi, I'm the COVID specialist. He's like, hopefully I lose my job soon and we're done with COVID. Right. But, he, you know, he's like, you got to wear your mask. So like, you know, between takes and stuff, they'd be like, all right, put your mask on or okay, yeah. time to take them off. So everyone was being safe. Everyone in the crew was wearing a mask at all times. Obviously they didn't want like while they're shooting us in the 1980s right. wearing our masks. But yeah, it really it didn't get in the way. And I felt, nope. I, I agree, Dave, I felt safe the whole time. And just the fact that everyone there was like vaccinated and, and tested so regularly, yeah. it just it felt good. In fact, I don't, I don't know if this is jumping ahead too far, but we actually at one point saw Al get a COVID test. <laughs> I don't know if it's a spoiler for this own episode. But we saw Al get tested. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we got through our you know our test, and then we were like, okay, where do we go? Because they didn't tell us after the test where to go. So I mean, we're this is a new experience for me. You know, you done extra work before but you've never been on this set before you don't know no where and that was you 10 know, years but... ago and that was a completely <laughs> different thing in a different movie different state right yeah you didn't right so we're, we're like we're standing around we're like well what do we do now so we waited for some other you know people to show up and you know a few yeah, other like, people were coming at this point it's like you know, big and tall were... burly guys were like they're probably bikers <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, you know, a couple of them were like, oh, I don't know where to go either. Eventually, we figured out we had to go over to another tent. It was a tent, a blue tent. We're like, go over to that blue tent and they'll check you in. We went over to that blue tent. We got to meet the set PA for background, Jojo, who we got to see plenty of times throughout the day. Oh, yeah. She checked us in and helped us fill out the paperwork and some tax forms. Yeah. And Jojo was and, essentially yeah. like the handler for all of the background or the right. extras. So she yeah. was sort of the person who would come and get us when it was time to right. shoot or like, oh, it's time for lunch, that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. If you needed anything, you would just go to JoJo and she'd be able to help you out with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we filled out, it was like one of those forms where there's like three different color pages and they, you know, as you write, it fills it out on all of them. And then there was just like a couple other things, just kind of normal like stuff to get paid. Right. I did notice that most of the people who were there were union in the SAG after union, but we or not. So there were some differences and I think we'll point these out throughout the day as you know, I, right. <laughs> so I, anyone who's not familiar with it, I, so I, I, Dave, I told you I had done some extra work before mm -hmm. I did three days of it and two days I was non-union and one day they needed an extra union person on set. So they, 
did what's called uh, like a union waiver, and they pretend that okay. I'm in the SAG, SAG union. So <laughs> okay. I already had the experience of being like treated like royalty one day, and <laughs> that was over ten years ago. But <laughs> I was like, I was really hoping that we'd get SAG waivered. But I, I guess like in LA, there's no shortage of people who are in the union, so we nah. did not get so lucky. <laughs> and and I and that was the least of my concerns. Honestly, that was the least of my concerns. Getting paid. Oh yeah. Oh, at yeah. this point, I mean, I, I, nice. I'm glad that we. Did or assume we will be, you know, uh, we haven't been paid yet, but I assume we will be. But yeah, it's, that was the least of my concerns. Yeah. I just wanted to to have this experience. Yeah. One thing I thought was funny is when we were checking in, we gave JoJo, I think you checked in first, and you gave her your name and your last name and she couldn't find you. And then you're just like, I don't know if this helps, but I'm biker number seven. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, right here. And she like checked you off immediately. So, <laughs> Yeah, at first I got a little nervous because she's like, I can't find your name on this page. And I'm like, uh, she went through, yeah, there. like five different sheets. She's like, I don't see a David or a Rossi. <laughs> I'm like, oh no! Don't let my don't let my journey end here. I made it so far. Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, so you checked in, I checked in, and I just told her I'm right under him. You know, I'm biker number eight. So, okay. <laughs> so then she sent us over to the costume, and I think I got to yeah. costume before you. So yeah, essentially they just wanted to take a look at what you brought. So I went over, and this girl's like, "Hey, it's my first day on set too," and I was like, "Great," and she looks me over and she's like, yeah, this all looks good. She's like, I love your boots. And she's like, let's get you a vest. So they had like kind of a wardrobe rack with maybe like 30 different leather jackets and stuff. So Uh she handed me like a couple different leather vests and the first couple she didn't like. And then one she's like, yep, that looks good. Oh, so I want to mention something that I didn't mention originally. So on this journey to Los Angeles, I stopped in Seattle for a few days to visit our good friend Kenneth Gwynup, fellow super fan, avid Weird Al collector, one of, if not the biggest Weird Al collector in the world. And he got me a gift because he found this thing. So if you remember in the I Love Rocky Road music video, Weird Al's version, he's wearing a leather jacket and he's got some buttons on the yep. jacket and... You can also see this on the cover and in some of the photos in black and white and weird all over. One of the buttons is an I Love Lucy button. And so Kenneth have had tracked down the exact buttons that were made. So he's like, not many of the series were made of the I Love Lucy, but he wow. had the exact one. So not not the one that Al not wore. The one from, not the one from the, the video, but a, a replica. Yeah, so it's a, it's like yeah. this, like the exact same, essentially not a replica, but it, it's oh, an not a re- okay. It's, it's an authentic button that was made at the same time. It's the it's the it's the same exact button that was used in the music video, but not the actual button. Correct, that was used correct. In the music video, okay. but you like if you were to look at them side by side, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So okay, gotcha. Um, yep. So I said to the costume lady, so he gave that to me as a gift. He said, "How cool would it be if you're wearing this in the I Love Rocky Road scene?" I was like, yeah, that is the coolest thing I could ever think of. <laughs> so I brought it Absolutely. with me and, and I was like kind of nervous because I, I wanted to make sure I got to wore it as like a, you know, an homage to Kenneth and a, this like cool kind of Easter egg. Right. And so I show the, the costume lady and I, I try to explain it the best I can. And she's like, eh, I don't think so. I was like, Aww. I was so heartbroken. I was like, you sure? I mean, it's, it's really cool. It's authentic. She's like, yeah, I don't think so. And I was like, okay. Aww. But so at that point, I actually was still wearing my 2000 inch hat and they approved it, I guess. So I was like, wow, I'm going to get to, I was thinking I'd get to wear it in the film. Yeah, sure. Um, That'd be cool. So, <laughs> That'd be a nice Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at that point I was approved. I, you know, I didn't have to change yeah. anything. Um, I just put on the, the leather vest hmm. and then I think right as I was getting approved, then you kind of came over and I think. Someone else from the tent was dealing with your costume stuff. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, right about after you were getting done approved, or right around when you were being approved, I was walked up to the costume tent, and I didn't have quite, you know, the same experience that you did. Immediately, I walked up, and I knew I was going to have to take this off at some point, but I wear a Fitbit all the time, and I had my <laughs> Fitbit still on, you know. I, I was, no, I have to take, and she goes, lose the watch. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I, I, I'm aware. I will, I will take off my watch. And then she looks at my outfit. At this point, I've got on the leather vest with the patches on the back and a couple of pins on the front. She takes a close look at the pins. She's okay with the pins. They're just generic biker pins. There's nothing really 
really, you know, too special about them. Well, she, she looks at my white shirt and she says, your white shirt is way too bright. Did you bring a change of, of clothing? Yeah. Because no, we were also asked to bring said, a change of clothing. She said it was like, I, I remember because I was right there and she's like, yeah, this this looks too clean for a, a dirty yeah. biker. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you had well, this like <laughs> perfect looking ironed white yeah. shirt. Like, uh, <laughs> right, I, yeah. I, she had a point, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, you know, it's 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 their movie. That, that she's costumed. She gets to decide what, you know, we're wearing. You know, it's not my choice. Right. So so she's like, did you bring any other shirts? And I said, yeah, but I only brought white shirts. I brought a white tank top. But, you know, I was told I, I have to cover up my tattoos on my arm, so I didn't wear that, you know, for you to approve. And she's like, yeah, we can't have the tattoos. She said, I'll get you a, another shirt. And she went through her stuff and she picked out a black T-shirt, basically. And I was like, oh, I could have brought a black T-shirt. Right. I didn't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I purposely wasn't wearing a black T-shirt because I thought I looked really cool in the white T-shirt. But she yeah. picked a black T-shirt for me. It was a older well-worn black t-shirt it had a few small holes and it had a little pocket on on it, it was, you know it was kind of ratty it was <laughs> it, it, yeah, it looked like it looked like it had seen you know it's seen some tough times you know she's like why don't you try this on i'm like sure and she says why don't you turn around i want to take a look at the patches on your vest and she's looking at them she's like, i think we can get away with this i don't know let me call over i don't know if she called over the same person who was helping you or somebody so, else yeah yeah and then she's like they're looking at it. And they're going, I think so. I said, ah, you know what? Let's just play it safe. I don't think we, you know, we should, we should allow well, these in there. And, there and might what be... happened was, Dave, because I don't think you could see your back. I could see your back at that point. They were looking at all of the patches and one of them, just one of them had a little like registered trademark symbol next to okay. it. And that was what like, I think they were getting ready to approve it. But then once they saw the little registered trademark, oh, like, okay. that's what killed it. Oh, bummer. I could have covered that up or something if I, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so they're like, "Did do you have a replacement vest?" And I said, "Actually, I do have a replacement vest." And I took it out and I showed it to them and said, "Oh, that's perfect." So I did get to wear my replacement vest. I was I was bummed out I could not wear the white T-shirt. I was bummed out I could not wear the the really cool vest with the really cool patches on it. But you know, hey, it wasn't my choice. I tried as hard as I could. Yeah. So I went, you know, there was a little tent where you could go get changed. So I went, I switched out my T-shirt. I put on the other vest. I went back. I walked up to them. They said, oh, you're approved. You're good. So then they made us head over to, uh, we basically, they were like, I just go hang out over by those tables over there that are underneath the white tents. We're like, okay, cool. Yeah, so we just we go over there, and there's a handful of other people dressed as Yeah, there's a few other and- people, right, starting to come up at this point, you know. Yeah, and they all looked pretty good. They did, yeah. They they looked like bikes. A few of them you could tell, you know, I mean, if they were not authentic bikers, you know, they they had done this before. They really looked authentic. And a few of them, you know, looked like they were people, you know, that maybe, you know, that didn't maybe have authentic biker stuff on them. But, you know, they looked the part. They looked good enough. I want to back up just a tiny bit, Dave. So before we went over to that kind of waiting area with the other bikers, since it was taking you a little bit longer to do the costume and I I didn't want to just abandon you or, you know, we're trying to stay together the whole day. (laughs) I'm just kind of looking around and I notice that there are a couple trailers kind of nearby and there's little pieces of paper saying who's in the trailers, which is pretty cool. So the first one I see, it says Dr. Demento, Sleazy MC, Mama Bear. Uh, The next trailer (laughs) over says Jim, Steve, Bermuda. (laughs) And then the third one I could see said Heckler and Director. So I was like Hmm. kind of trying to be eagle eyed and like watch to see like, you know, who's coming in and out. You know, we had heard a rumor that. Patton Oswald was going to be Dr. Demento. So I'm like kind of watching. And actually, while you were doing your costume stuff, I don't know if you noticed this, someone walked over holding a black top hat and they opened the uh, the door to Dr. Demento's trailer. And just like I saw them go in and come out and I saw a hand grab the, the hat. It was so exciting. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then once we were actually over in the waiting area, at one point, I saw the Demento door. We're much further away at that point, but I saw it open and I saw someone come out dressed like Dr. Demento. 
and they were way taller than I would have expected Patton to be. So I was like, I wonder if that's like a body double or, or what's right. happening. Because at that point, we th- we still believed that it was going to be Patton playing Dr. Demento. And you yeah. know, spoiler alert, I think you know at this point that it ended up not being uh, Patton. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't know how long we were waiting underneath the tents, but, you know, they came over after, I guess, pretty much all the bikers were there, if not all the bikers were there, and they made us all stand up a couple times, and they looked us up and down the line, and they're like, all right, everybody looks good. You know, I think at that point, you were still wearing your hat, so I think they told you, lose the hat. Yeah, they told me to lose the hat. I was bummed. And you're like, okay, well... I tried. Uh, that, that, you tried. <laughs> you tried. And, you know, and, and a couple of times they had us do that. Yeah, they would come through with different people to approve it. Like, yeah. hey, these are the bikers. And, you know, they'd kind of go down the line like, yep, looks good. And then maybe yeah. like one or two people would be like, oh, and they would like kind of tweak something. Yeah, they might. Yeah, it was at this point, you know, we were pretty much all gone through costumes. We're pretty much approved. And I guess we had to sort of wait for final approver from the head designer before we were really officially approved. Right. So, I mean, at some point, you know, the head designer walked around, walked up and down the line and said, all right, you're all approved. And then they grouped us together in groups of four or five and took our pictures, I guess, you know, just in case maybe they need to recreate that look for some other reshoot or some other scene, or they just wanted to document it. But yeah, they they took our pictures. Or maybe they were just like, guys, I think that's Dave and Ethan. Oh, well, we can't just take a picture of them. We, let's pretend we're taking pictures of everyone. That's that's a possibility. That, that's also not right. We, they didn't give. They didn't tell us why they took the pictures, yeah. but they did take a uh, pictures. Yeah, they took pictures a couple times. Like they kind of would come through and take some pictures, and yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. And then there was a little bit of time. They said before we had to get over to set, so they gave us an opportunity to run to the car and drop off some stuff. So, Dave, you brought, like, our changes of clothes and the stuff we didn't really need back to the car. Yeah, but before we even got to do that, our good friend Jojo came over and she was told us about what was going to happen that day. And she takes out this piece of paper and she says, well, this is basically the script for the scene, you guys. Oh, yeah. And she read through the entire script for us. And, and, um, you know, I'm not going to go into specific details, but, you know, in a nutshell, you know, she was basically told us that um, we're going to be in a scene where they first discover, you know, Weird Al. Initially, we we hate him. Then, you know, we gradually start to like him. And eventually we end up loving him. Right. And that's basically <laughs> what they're going to be shooting that day. Right. So that was one of the scenes. The other scene was the band before Al. And we're supposed to just be kind of into them. And then. Right. I, like people go and start beating him up and we're supposed to be excited that they're getting beat up. <laughs> so right. like, yeah, so she kind of read through it. She read a little bit of dialogue, a little bit of like background on the scene to get us prepared as actors for the, yeah. um, <laughs> for the day ahead. And it, yeah, and it was pretty cool because, uh, you know, she's reading the script and, and it's, it's a funny script, you know, I mean, if you've seen the movie, you, you know, it's funny, but you know, this is the first time we're hearing this, you know, and we're laughing and those, the other bikers are laughing. So we know <laughs> it's going to be a, a fun scene and everyone's getting excited for it. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was, really and, cool. and you know, yeah. And so, you know, we knew we had a, a little bit of time before we had to be transported to wherever we're, we're going next. So, you know, we were kind of hanging out. You know, I actually struck up a conversation with another extra in the movie. His name is Dan Moore. Uh, He's playing another biker, a tough biker as well in the movie. I think he figured out that I had not done anything like this before. I didn't specifically tell him, but he kind of looked, could either tell, you know, how I was acting or, or looking that, you He's know, like, uh, what a noob. This, yeah. This guy this something, you know, this is, so he basically, you know, asked me, you know, Hey, you know, is this, you know, your first time? And I was like, yeah, this is, such a everything's a new experience to me so he's like oh it's really cool that you know you got to to come out you know this is your first time you know because you know he he said they generally don't let the extras hear the script before the scene so that was a nice he was happy to hear they said just kind of an insider thing he says i'm going to tell you is that if they don't read the script to you you know they pretty much know exactly what they want you to do and you basically you go there they pretty much tell you where to stand where to look what to 
to do is if they read the script to you, that's kind of like an unwritten rule that you have a little more leeway to kind of do what you want to do in this scene. You know, in other words, you're kind of free to read the room and react appropriately, you know, cheer if you think you should be cheering and that kind of stuff. So he says, this is going to be a lot of fun day because we get to do a little bit more than we usually do as extras in a film. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, we're already excited and that just made us even more excited. It's like, yeah. And I just want to, as a note, like how friendly Dan was, everyone on set, like the crew and the other extras, everyone was just so nice. Oh, it was, yeah. you know, it was really cool to be hanging out with all these people. Oh, yeah. We're, they were just really cool people. Yeah. We're, we're going to say that multiple times, how the people we meet, met over the course of the day, how incredibly nice and incredible this experience was. And Absolutely. Even, even some of the people that like, we didn't meet personally and didn't talk to personally. Like there was just kind of a camaraderie, like walking around, like between stuff. Right. Like I would see another biker and we'd give like the friendly, like head shake, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, we're family, we're bikers. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point you go off to drop the stuff off in the car yep. and I'm sort of waiting and they're like, all right, let's uh, head over to the people movers. And so I grabbed <laughs> the stuff that you had left that you were planning to keep for the day. And so it's me and kind of this group of the other bikers and extras walking and like, I kind of see you and I'm like handing you the stuff. And then we hear this like commotion behind us. Yeah. So like I said, I was coming back, you know, and I see everyone walking, you know, away from the tents and I'm like, oh, I better, better speed it up. I, I kind of jog over to you. You hand me my stuff. And yeah, there's this loud noise and then we hear we need a medic we need a medic and we're like what the heck just happened and we look over and there's this woman on the ground like yeah there's like this this big speed bump yeah that she yeah she's like holding her her wrist and her wrists and her 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 legs and yeah uh, yeah what happened was her you know like her biker boots or whatever the heel broke as she's going over this thing she trips she goes to catch herself she landed right on her wrist and it was just, it was really bad. She was in like a, a lot of yeah. pain. And so they got like medic, some of the people from the COVID tents over and they like. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. They were, they were on her very quickly, you know, the, the, the COVID people, you know, the, all the, the doctors and nurses over there were, were, you know, rushing over to help her um, and taking care of her. And they were, you know, really quickly. So we, unfortunately, you know, we did hear later on in the day about what happened to her. She fell. She ended up breaking both of her wrists and would require surgery. So so sad. Our thoughts are, yeah, very sad. Our thoughts are out to this extra who, who unfortunately had, she just showed up for a day of work and, and was right. hoping, you know, to have a, a great day. And, and she had to go through all this horrible stuff. Yeah, that was, so that was terrible. Our hearts are out for her, I guess. And it, what was interesting is, you know, the way that we found out is because a lot of these extras, the people get to know each other for showing up at different shoots. So, like, a couple of people who were there the whole day, they knew her personally and they were, like, texting with her and stuff. Right. So they, that's how they knew. So it was it was pretty interesting that people were like, oh, like, throughout the day, people were like, oh, I remember <laughs> you from so-and-so. Or, oh, we did yeah. this together. Oh, remember when this happened? Like, it was, it was really funny. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean I I'm guessing other than Ethan and myself, everybody there who was an extra was either an actor or a professional extra, or, you know, or somehow in in the movie yeah. or film business, you know, somehow in the business. So they it's it's a, I guess it's a really small community. It, it appears because like they knew each other from oh I worked with you on like you said I worked with you on this thing yeah. I worked with you on this oh remember when we worked with this actor <laughs> you know and stuff. So they were throughout the day that they were you know just reminiscing and talking with each, with each other and you know it was it was a it was a fun experience yeah, it was you know cool. it was great to, that they got to you know it was it was pretty cool seeing that you know they a lot of them knew each other or at least you know were familiar with each other you know from previous work once everything is was sort of like taken care of and the the woman who fell was like you know with the right people to to get her medical attention they brought us over and we're waiting for the people movers which were um <laughs> sprinter vans and uh yeah we we just we hopped in and dave i think we sat like right in the back row there's probably like nine yeah. or ten of us in the van 
So, so it's funny, like throughout the day, you know, with this people movers thing, you know, first they say, all right, everyone head over to the people movers, you know, get on the people movers. To me, a people mover, you know, I think of Disneyland, you know, the, the ride at the Disneyland, the people movers ride, you know, and it's nothing like that at all. But this is just like... <laughs> Terms that they have, you know, affectionate terms for different things throughout the day, which I'm not familiar with. So it's funny, you know, I'm like, people movers, yeah, let's all go over to the people movers. And I'm just like, I better follow everybody else because I don't know what the heck the people movers are. You know, and so, you know, they find out, oh, the people movers are the transport vans. Okay, now I understand. You know, throughout <laughs> the day, there's other things I'll try to point out that, you know, the inside lingo that that I had to learn it, it was pretty fun, you know, to get to see that, <laughs> at least for me, who who have, has never been in any situation like this before, to get to see a lot of these insider things, behind the scene things that are just so common for the people that were there. We're going to end this with us on our journey to the Virgil on the People Movers. Yeah, we'll be back with all of our adventures from the Cobra Pit. Well, that's it for chapter two of our The Weird, the Al Yankovic Story Stories series. Stay tuned for more chapters on future episodes, and be sure to tune in next chapter where we get our first glimpse at the Cobra Pit. That sound means we have a voicemail on our 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. All right, intern Frank, let's hear that glorious voicemail. Hey, Dave and Ethan. What up, Dylan Trillers? Johnny O'Hearn here. I'm with my partner, the amazingly talented Spunky Siren, Heather. And I wanted to let you guys know that I'm at some place you've all probably heard of aplenty. And if you haven't been here yet, well, what's stopping you? Distance? We drove like three hours away from home for this one. So, anyways... This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrap in a quesadilla burrito burrito and wizard burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito Your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry about of this world's plant-based real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. All right, can I have my wife and kids back? <laughs> no, but no, seriously, guys, the food's delicious as always. I was the first to try that vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwich back in early 2020, and I was like, I got to go back. And here I am doing so. I'm going to go back to eating this now. We're halfway through it. Love y'all. Well, a big thank you to Johnny and, of course, Spunky Siren for finally getting to experience Burrito Burrito in all its glory at its headquarters. Thank you so much for the call. And I'm sure Burrito Burrito thanks you for your patronage. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend-level Patreon supporters. Nancy, Mike, Matthew, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, Zach, Dana B, Blair, Kev, Javier, Scott, and UH Jeff. Also, thanks to Aaron and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our freaking fantastic family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast and access to your own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every bonus episode. And now would be a good time to join if you have not joined already, because not only will you be the first to hear our longest ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode to date, which happens to be our concert review from the world-famous Carnegie Hall in the world-famous New York City. You will also be the first to hear our brand new 2023 ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes the moment that they drop. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. Our friend Dana B. recently shared with us a picture of his adorable cat Beaker comfortably sleeping on a gill and chillo in their new apartment. Pretty stinking majestic! 
you too can be pretty stinking majestic like Beaker and Dana and Gil and Chill on your very own Gil and Chillo right now over at shop.2000inch.com. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and be sure to visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump the Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and past guests over at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you're there, click on ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour, or black and white and weird all over bonus episodes for our special series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book, page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, you'll also feel 10 pounds lighter and drop one pant size. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official patent-pending 27-hour-day podcast hotline 347 Spatula, as seen in the Illustrated Al. That number is 347-772-8852. Give it a call, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. For this episode and continued support of the podcast, we want to thank UH Jeff Nucera, Chloe, our Patreon family, Johnny O'Hearn, Spunky Siren, a.k.a. Heather, Dana B., and Beaker. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everybody else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. Okay, folks, this is it. If you have not already, please visit beartobestupid.com and support the incredible Showgals documentary, which tells the story of tight and nerdy, the Weird Al theme burlesque troupe. Beartobestupid.com. Show your support. Yeah. yeah. That was David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 188-inch. Fair to be stupid. Yes, I did put in a Wordle reference, just because I know in however many months until this actually airs, there's a very good chance that nobody knows what Wordle is anymore. Yeah.